Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that people dashboard company that's helping all of you HR leaders out there stop with the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of, you know what it's called, HR reporting. That's right. We know we're pulling. We know you're pulling all those messy, terrible, crappy spreadsheets from all your different HR systems and trying to combine all of them into one place so you can understand the data behind your workforce. But it shouldn't take that long. And that's why Employee Cycle has built your all-in-one people dashboard that has pre-built connectors to all of the most popular systems you're using. Systems like ADP, Paylocity, uh, Trinet, Greenhouse, 15.5, Lattice, Reflective, too many for me to say without running out of breath. You simply just connect your HR systems to our people dashboard. We pull in all your data so you can view, track, share, and analyze all your people data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com to check it out and get a demo. We would love to learn how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company because today I have an awesome guest on the show. So please help me welcome Christy Urbeck. She's the Chief People Officer at Agile Thought, and today we're going to discuss how to help employees become the best versions of themselves. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Christy! Welcome! <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. I love your enthusiasm. That's fantastic. Thank you. So, Christy, we're going to ask you the question we always ask to kick this thing off, and that's, how did you get into the wonderful world of HR? I would say it's a happy accident, actually. Um, so my career path has been fairly uh, meandering, in fact. So I started out many decades ago, I'm not going to tell you how many, uh, in sales and marketing. And I have done everything from strategic account management. I've been a director of sales and marketing. I've done inside sales and customer support. Uh, I've done a lot of international corporate strategy. And along the way, I, while I had a, a business management bachelor's degree, I found that I was always drawn to the psychological side of the work that I did. And I ended up getting my master's in industrial organizational psychology. And there's a large component of human resources or people management in that degree. And so as I worked my way through various corporations and opportunities, a lot of what I did was help leaders understand the, the psychological components of their employees' health and well-being, whether that was from a sales perspective, a, a strategic perspective in how we managed um, large accounts, global, account, global accounts. And then when I joined Agile Thought, I was an Agile coach and a transformational consultant. And then I was leading teams. And it was almost a, a natural next step that when we were acquired in 2019, the um, there was a hole. We had all of these individual HR functions across the, the continents in North and South America, but we didn't have a singular person bringing that together, a single vision for how our people organization needed to 
to look and what we needed to do. So I've explained it as though we were all these individual highways. And when I was put into this position, my, my role, my very large role is to create a global highway where all of these individual roads can connect into and we can build a singular system for our agile thinkers, wherever they live, wherever they work, and whatever client they're serving that brings out the best in who they are, gives them the tools and the techniques and the training and the career path that allows us to create generations of agile thinkers. And so I know that's a very long-winded answer to your question, but it has been um, a very rewarding you know, career for the past three decades. <laughs> that has brought me here. Awesome. Awesome. I like it. And I like that individual highways to global highways. That is a great illustration of what you're doing. So today's topic is all around helping employees become the best versions of themselves. So tell me, why is this not just one of those fluffy things that people think that HR is focusing on, but that this is truly mission critical and something that all companies should really work on? Well, for me, Bruce, it's mission critical more so today than ever because of the world, how the world has changed in the last uh, 12 months specifically. and creating an environment where people can bring their entire selves or whole beings into our, our work and our world is what's going to drive innovation and what's going to drive and support the creativity that's required for us to continue evolving in this world and in the way we're working today. You know, as an agilist, I'm constantly looking at how can I learn? What can I learn? And, and what can I, I not just learn, but apply so that I become better at what I do today. And it opens up opportunities for me to consider new ways of thinking or working for tomorrow. So to me, it's mission critical because without the innovation, without the creativity, without allowing our, for me, our agile thinkers, but for all humans to bring the, the full scope of what they can to the work that we do, we are missing out and we will miss the opportunity that is in front of us to change the world for a better place. One of the things that I like to do on this show is to make sure that people understand the buzzwords that people may be, that our guests may be using. And so I've heard you use the word agilist a couple of times. Is that what you call all of your team members at your company? Or are you saying agilist in the sense of someone that works on agile or agile things or takes an agile approach to work and to life? So that's a great distinction. So for me, an agilist is someone who has the mindset in the heart. Uh, it connects the heart with the head in how they show up in the world and that they are a continuous learner. They uh, they understand where, what good enough means and apply agile principles and practices to the way they do their work. Within agile thought, we call our team members agile thinkers because our name is agile thought. And so you're an agile thinker. And um, that allows the combination of our agile and, and we are taking the word resources out of how we talk about people. So we don't have resources at agile thought. We have team members, we have employees, we have agile thinkers. We don't have resources. Resources are our machines, our laptops, our technology, our chairs, our, you know, maybe even finance or something like that. 
they're not people. So we want to be really clear in how we're talking about our people that they're, they may have an agile mindset. They may not yet. Not everybody that comes or works at agile thought is steeped in agile principles and the mindset and the way of working. And that's okay. There's, there's value in that. I like that removal of resources because that smoothly goes line along the lines of everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of HR leaders and the most forward-thinking HR leaders moving to the people ops role. This is more of an operations role, not a human resources role. Right. So in fact, like when I took this, this role, I very, very clearly said I will be a chief people officer and I will have a people, a global people organization. And within that, we will have a people operations group, not an HR function. We will have a global communications. We will have a global talent strategy. We will have a global learning and development. But we're not, not that we want to minimize what HR has been. You know, we want to springboard from that and evolve to the importance of we are in the people business. Regardless of what business you're in, you are in the people business. And so we want to ensure that people understand, everybody understands the criticality of how language matters and how we talk about our people and how we talk about our work and how we talk to each other is vitally important in, in remaining human in a world where technology is such a forefront, especially in today's world where you and I are having to do this over Zoom versus coming together at a coffee shop or in an office or in, in an airport to have this, this conversation and collaboration. Got it. So I want to make this a little bit more actionable. When it comes to actually helping, let's say, one particular employee or team member become a better version of themselves, Let's talk about what does that look like? So the first step, how do I even identify that a person is not performing at their highest potential or in the right role or in the right function or at the right level? How do I do that? I mean, you have, I'm assuming, I think I saw on LinkedIn hundreds of employees. And so how do you do that? So within Agile Thought, we have over you know 2,200 employees across North and South America. And me personally, I have over 60 people in my team and I can, I can share what I have done. First of all, is that I have conversations with people. I make the time to connect with my team members individually. And this was a little bit easier to do when I only had five people reporting to me instead of 60. Um, so I'll go back and tell a story about a gentleman that reported to me last year and and he had reported to me for about three years and he and I would have conversations on a regular basis. And I would tease out of him. What's important to you? What is it? Where's your passion? What comes easy to you? What is effortless for you? And then as part of our employee development plan and review process, we would talk through what are the things that he needs to do to better himself, to improve that would also bring value to Agile Thought. So we look at it as a partnership and that we're here to co-create a, a career path and an environment that supports things that are good for him, but are also good for Agile Thought. And in one of my feedback sessions with him, I said, you know, you we need to give you time to think because every time we give you time to think, you create amazing ideas that turns into a 
product that we can sell or a service that we can offer. And so that needs to be our commitment to you that we're going to give you that space. So in that case, Bruce, this is how I gave him. I I saw what was in him that he needed and he wasn't giving himself permission to make the time to think. Uh, And, and so creating that environment, creating then those boundaries, coming together with a working agreement in how he would make time for himself to do that intentionally in a way that would support his goals and also bring value to the organization. Let's get a little bit more granular on that, giving this person time to think. What did that look like? Was that more vacation time? Was that shifting some of their responsibility and the things that they worked on to say, hey, let's shift some of these other non-urgent, non-mission critical things to the side or pass that to someone else to give you more room to breathe? What exactly did that look like? Great idea. So at Agile Thought, we do encourage our people to take their time off. um, But that was not one of the mechanisms that I used with this particular individual. Instead, I said, let's put a plan together for how you will build your schedule, build this time into your schedule so that it's a part of your every week cadence of activities and that this strategic thinking time is actually part of your goals for the for the week. So he didn't have anybody reporting to him. Now um, he's a full fully billable consultant. So within that that time within that week, uh, we said, all right, how much of this time? How much do you need? And we agreed, let's start with 15 minutes a week of just pure block, go into do not disturb, turn your phone off and sit and write and think for 15 minutes. Well, that became a habit that he used and he iterated on that to the point where he now spends time in the morning. And that's purely purely his decision. And that has been a way that he has evolved into um, making it a habit and something that is just part of his his daily operations. Is that granular enough? Oh, no, absolutely. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, it's about empowering him to figure out. Like, so I give him the space and we, we, we made the plan for him to figure out what is going to be best for you. And then through our weekly one-on-ones, we iterated, we inspected and adapted. So again, part of the agile mindset and way of working is inspecting and adapting in a regular cadence. And so he had a weekly cadence of that practice. And as part of that, he would come back to me and say, Christy, I've, I've, I didn't actually get any thinking time done. So I'm making sure that I have 30 minutes this week. I appreciate that because when this is co-created and co-developed, it allows the team member to actually hold themselves accountable because it's something that they agree to and built versus being told top down. So that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And, And let me be clear, Bruce, this is not an easy thing to do. Right. So when, when we're in the world of billable consultants, where our team members are out working with our clients, building amazing uh, software and integrations and doing all kinds of amazing things. And so they are often face to face with the client. And our work is not simple. We, we solve very complex problems and that takes time. It takes dedication and focused effort. So it is a partnership with the our agile thinker and their manager, and then even the people operations group to 
carve out? How do we, how do we do this and not have it um, impact our bill, billability for our people? So it's not, it's, there's not an easy answer to it. And it is something that requires time in those individual conversations with your people to figure out what's right for you. You know, one of the things we say in Agile is that there's no one right way to solve a problem or, or to fix something. This is also very true in this case where we have, we have to invest the time. And I'm very intentional in my wording here. We have to invest the time in our people so that they understand how important they are to us and that they, they deserve that, that partnership and that co-creation with us. When it comes time to actually putting this in place, whether it's identifying the employee who needs to tap into their inner potential or executing this type of co-development plan, do you find that oftentimes the not it should be the responsibility of the people team, it's more the responsibility of the direct manager, or it's something that's shared between the people team and the direct manager? It's a shared process. So for me... We, what I tell my leaders is, and what we've talked about is that this is a partnership. So let us set the policy, let us set the process, let us provide the tools and the techniques and the training on how to do this. And then your people are going to be empowered to then have these conversations. What do they need to configure for a particular, you know, are we talking to a developer or am I talking to a product owner? Am I talking to a mid-level manager? Am I talking to an executive? Right. All of that nuance has to be taken into consideration, but I do not expect my leaders to have to create those systems and those processes and things like that. That's our role from a people operations standpoint. And it's also our role to communicate this. And it's our role from a learning and development standpoint to help um, administer and track and make sure that the right training is getting to the right people at the right time. So I really believe it's a partnership, but then it is the, the business. They are, they are right next to those employees, wherever they may be. So we want to empower them to have those conversations. And then last question, you know, HR is almost like a doctor where always taking care of everybody, but then who takes care of you? And so when it comes to you pushing yourself to be the best version of yourself, Assuming that the CEO or CFO doesn't tell you that, which I'm assuming are the only people that you may report to and or work on the same level with, what does that look like from your perspective? Do you find yourself having to dig deeper because you are the person helping everybody else? And so you then have to you know, eat your own dog food for lack of a better saying, or do you also find that there are others in the executive suite that can help you? And I'm hoping that this can help a lot of our listeners being HR and people leaders. So that's a great question. And I, it is a combination. So I have my own rituals that I do to take care of myself, whether it's meditation or journaling or making time to plan my day and plan my week. And then also retrospect on what went well, what didn't go well. What do I need to change for the upcoming week or whatever the period of time that I'm retroing on is? Um, and then having sounding boards, having a partner at that in the C-suite is very important. Um, someone that you can trust and that will give you feedback. You know, um, I was recording a, a session yesterday and we talked about having a board of directors 
and having mentors and advocates that are surrounding you. Um, if I reach back into my training from Brene Brown and talk about um, some dare to lead aspects, she talks about who's on your square squad and who are those people that you can go to and they are going to give you honest, authentic feedback about how you're doing and how you're showing up and and also be there to catch you if you're having a bad day and lift you up. You know, um, so there's a variety of techniques that at at a an executive level we need to employ and to create that that space so that we are full because as you said we're always giving. So what is filling my cup? What is what am I doing to remain full so that I can continue to to give to others? Christy, thank you so much for that authentic answer because that really gave us some insight into how you live and operate, not just professionally, but also personally. So thank you so much for being such an awesome guest and for really tackling a topic that so many HR leaders are thinking about, especially during this challenging time. So again, thanks for being on the show. Woo! Go, Christy! Woo! Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Of course. So where can people find you and Agile Thought online? So Agile Thought's website is www.agilethought.com. They can also find me at LinkedIn at, you know, it's linkedin.com slash in uh, slash Christy Urbeck. And i um, happy to connect and work with my fellow people and HR leaders. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include that info in the show notes. So if you enjoy this episode as much as Christy and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that you care and that we're creating great content. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast and you either came here because you thought that the topic was super compelling or you're already a huge super fan of Christy and you just had to hear what she was going to say, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast players. And last but not least, all of you awesome HR and people leaders, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.